Okay, so let's get started. We'll probably be having folks join us as we get going, and they'll just have to pick it up as, as we go. Uh, I'm Dr. Roger Murphy, author of Treating and Beating Fibromyalgia and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. It's now in its fourth edition. You may or may not have seen the new cover of the book, a little controversial. Um, it, the, if you haven't seen the cover, please go to the www.treatingandbeating.com site, and you can see the cover of the fourth edition. Uh, the cover's got a woman on it that looks like she's going crazy, and I've had a few emails uh, from from uh, folks out there who are a little put off by the cover, and uh, I can understand why. But really, the the whole point of having that cover was to get across the message that so many people with fibromyalgia have been told that they're that they're crazy. And they even start to believe that they're crazy. They have they have coworkers and family members and doctors. I mean, the the average fibromyalgia patient goes to 12 different doctors and has the illness seven years before they ever get the diagnosis. So they're oftentimes led to believe that they're either lazy, crazy, or just have a psychosomatic illness. And so, what the publisher wanted to do, and I, and I agreed to the cover. Um, we went from a very calm redwood scene. If you've seen the old. Uh, volume one, I'm sorry, edition two and three to to this fourth edition, um, to to one that really tries to get across the message that people with fibromyalgia are led to believe oftentimes that they're crazy and they're not crazy. They have a true illness, and I, you know, unfortunately, I tour around and speak to a lot of doctors around the country, and I encounter doctors every week who still don't believe there's a there's there's a thing called fibromyalgia. They they really don't believe that people have fibromyalgia. It's shocking to me, but it's, it's so true. I always wish that these doctors could come and just hang out with me for a day when I'm in clinic and meet the people that come to see me from Florida and Texas and Oregon and Iceland and who, who fly in from all over to see me. I mean, these are people who aren't crazy. I mean, these are people who, who are sick and they want to get well. I've had doctors tell me, you know, Dr. Murphy, why in the world would you want to treat fibromyalgia? I mean, those, those people are so sick. Why would you want to deal with them? Well, I think that's, that's the point, is they are sick and they need help, and that's what I like to do. That's what I enjoy to do. I think it's my mission to do that. Well, we're having a few more people join us. I can hear the, the phones cackle a little bit. Um, so, again, I'm Dr. Roger Murphy author of Treating, Bending, Fibromyalgia, Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, now in its fourth edition. It's now in the bookstores. It's also available on Amazon.com. Uh, it's available on our website, and you certainly can call the clinic and, and inquire about it as well. I'm often asked, you know, how did I get involved treating fibromyalgia? And first of all, I never would have chosen to treat fibromyalgia, specialize in it, and I've been specializing in it for now 14 years. Um, I'm a board-certified chiropractic physician and board-certified nutritional specialist who just happened to start seeing fibromyalgia patients 14 years ago and became very discouraged with what was out there to help fibromyalgia patients. And it led me on a mission to find out everything I could that, that was working or wasn't working and sift through all the data and all the different protocols and find out how can we help these folks, how can we help people with fibromyalgia. That led to me opening up my medical practice that I had for a number of years, I guess five years, where I had an integrative medical practice with five medical doctors who worked for me. And 
We also had acupuncturists, nutritionists, massage therapists, and it was a pretty large clinic here in Birmingham, Alabama. And I enjoyed that for uh, doing that for a number of years. But I became a little dissatisfied with that clinic. It became too complicated, became too much, uh, uh, I think it became very jaded in the idea that falling back and getting kind of lazy and using a, a drug mentality of just trying to cover up symptoms with a drug. I'm not anti-drug, but I'm anti-wrong drug. And so many people with fibromyalgia are on, are on the wrong medications. And unfortunately, as I've discussed uh, in the past and we'll be discussing tonight, uh, traditional medicine drug therapy alone is a dead end for fibromyalgia. The, the studies show that on the average of uh, within 15 years, if you track someone with fibromyalgia over a 15-year period, it shows that individuals who do just drug therapy alone are no better off after 15 years of doing drug therapy. 70% 70 70 of those with fibromyalgia turn to alternative medicine because traditional medicine has largely failed those with fibromyalgia. And that's no secret. I mean, that's why you're probably tuning in to this presentation tonight is because of that fact that, uh, you know, traditional medicine alone has probably not helped you. And it's no wonder, though, that traditional medicine really has not been that effective because uh, there's so many symptoms associated with fibromyalgia. Low moods, anxiety, depression, poor sleep, diffuse muscle pain. Uh, you can't have other things to go with that, irritable bowel, low thyroid, chemical sensitivity, food allergies, yeast overgrowth, poor immune function, headaches. All sorts of things can come under this banner called fibromyalgia. And everybody's fibromyalgia is a little different than the next person's fibromyalgia. Um, but when we look at the different studies and medications for fibromyalgia, we see that the American College of Rheumatology on their own website has told us that their go-to medications, amitriptyline or Elevil, which is a tricyclic uh, antidepressant, and let's see, uh, clonopin, Xanax, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, all these things have been shown to be ineffective over a long term for those with fibromyalgia. Now, the latest, greatest new drug is Lyrica. And if Lyrica is helping you, then by all means, please stay on it uh, if you can overcome the potential side effects, which are, number one, fatigue is number one. I guess number two would be anxiety and depression. And then this, this uh, rapid weight gain. I have patients who start Lyrica and gain 100 pounds within six months. Uh, and so that increases your risk of diabetes and high blood pressure and several other things. It really, Lyrica does a real whammy on your metabolism, which with those with fibromyalgia have low metabolism anywhere. Forty percent of you have low thyroid, and we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, so Lyrica is not one of my favorites, but again, I'm not anti-drug, I'm anti-wrong drug. If Lyrica is helping, then by all means, stay on Lyrica. The studies show that only 25% of the people who take Lyrica improve on Lyrica, and the success rate of those 25% is that their pain is decreased by 50%. So if you fall into that category, that's fine. The problem is, again, though, is this medication has got so many potential side effects that most of the time people taking the medication are like a zombie. They're so zoned out. So it's not one of my favorite. Uh, of the medications out there approved for fibromyalgia, Cymbalta would probably be number one on the list. Uh, the new medication, Sevilla, that's out, is really the same thing as Cymbalta. It's marketed as being different than Cymbalta. It's really not. 
It's uh, a norepinephrine and serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and we'll talk about that. Again, now, if those medications are helping, um, definitely take those. They certainly have a lot less potential side effects at, than the Lyrica or Neurontin. And, and, and by the way, Lyrica is the same thing as Neurontin. They're mirror images of one another. Lyrica is just marketed a little bit different, uh, but they're really the same medications. And if you want to re read a real interesting slant on this whole drug marketing campaign and um, some of the deceitful practices that, that go on behind the scenes, get, the, get uh, the book Our Daily Meds and read all about Neurontin or go onto my website at www.treatingandbeating.com site and there's, there's an article on there about Neurontin for everything if you hadn't read that. Um, it's really pretty scary just how... Um, I, you know, I need to be careful. This is not to, to, to bash all drugs. But it really irritates me that we have these medications that come out that are being promoted for fibromyalgia that are probably the worst medications that are out there. I mean, there's a lot better medications out there for fibromyalgia than Lyrica. And we'll talk about some of those tonight. Again, once again, I'm not anti-drug. I'm anti-wrong drug. Uh, on the average, uh, patients who come to see me on 12 different medications when they start, and of those 12 medications, I would say probably 10 of them are doing more harm than good. In the beginning, I tell people who are doing my protocols not to go off any medications whatsoever because it's too stressful. And, it's in, and you don't want any more stress. I mean, that's the thing that's really brought on this illness, and we'll talk about that um, tonight, this whole idea that um, stress really is the thing that brings on fibromyalgia. And... I use this analogy, you've heard me speak, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, I'm going to get to this slide real quick, that we're all born with a stress coping savings account, and in the stress coping savings account, we have certain chemicals, hormones like serotonin, dopamine, cortisol, DHEA, human growth hormone, you've probably heard of those. We also have vitamins and minerals and certain nutrients that allow us to be able to handle stress, and the more stress that we're under, the more chemicals we deplete out of this account. And by the way, some of us have really large stress coping savings account. I mean, we, we, we strive on stress. The more stress going on, the better we, we like it. We, we love stress. And some of you type A's out there, you know that that's what got you into trouble. I mean, a lot of people with fibromyalgia, I put them in two categories. I talk about people with fibromyalgia type A's or type B's. The type A's are the doers, and they do, 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 and they do. And then one day they're done out. I mean, they're on the PTA uh, committee. They work 60 hours a week. They have a family they take care of. They volunteer for all these social uh, uh, things that they do. Maybe they spend a lot of time involved with their church. And they're the super mom. And then they just one day they flat out are just done out. And they can't get over that. Or you may be the type B fibromyalgia patient that's the caregiver. You give and 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 you give, and then one day you give out. I take care of a lot of healthcare professionals, nurses, doctors who um, do consults with me, but I also take care of a lot of moms and dads who are the caregivers in their family. A lot of people with fibromyalgia, and maybe you, take care of maybe a uh, special needs child or maybe an elderly parent that is living with you and you're on duty around the clock, 24 hours a day, and you know it just takes it out of you, and one day you give, 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 and then you, you, you give out. So our stress coping savings account is incredibly important 
to allow us to be able to handle stress. And unfortunately for those with fibromyalgia, they have a genetic glitch in their uh, makeup so that they don't handle stress very well. It's not that they're bad people. It's not that they're wimps. It's just that genetically they're predisposed so that they have small stress coping savings account and they don't handle it very well. And what happens is they oftentimes come from a childhood that involved a lot of stress and it could, unfortunately could be uh, verbal abuse or, or sexual abuse. Um, that is a pattern that, that is seen quite commonly, unfortunately, in my patients. But they come from a childhood that was quite stressful, and they then as they get older, they find that they get to where they can't handle stress very well, and one day they literally are just bottomed out, and they can't, they can't get well again. So every day we're bombarded by all these stressors, and we're always making withdrawals from our stress coping savings account. We make deposits into our stress coping savings account by going into deep restorative sleep. Uh, when we go into deeper store to sleep, we start to replenish our stress coping savings account with the chemicals we need to help us with sleep. I'm sorry, that we need to help us deal with stress. If we look at the studies on sleep, we see that poor sleep has been linked to various health problems, including depression, fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, headaches, obesity, low thyroid, pure, um, excuse me, poor immune function. So many things are linked to poor sleep, heart disease increased risk of heart disease, increased risk of diabetes. So getting that six to eight hours of deep restorative sleep is crucial to not only feeling well but being well. We know that if you're not getting deep restorative sleep, you increase your inflammatory chemicals by 40%. So you've got these inflammation chemicals racing around your body causing all kind of pain in your muscles and joints because you're not getting this deep restorative sleep. When you don't get deep restorative sleep, you have an increase in a hormone called substance P. And uh, when substance P causes more pain. And then you have a decrease in uh, human growth hormone, which then uh, uh, causes the muscles then to become more fatigued, more achy, more tight, more painful. You lower your metabolism, lower your thyroid, and then you also, of course, when you don't sleep, you have more fatigue. And it's a vicious cycle because... Um, when you, uh, when you don't go into deep restorative sleep, then you have more pain. And when you have more pain, it's hard to go into this deep restorative sleep. So it's a vicious cycle. And you need to go into deep restorative sleep to fill up your stress coping savings account with serotonin. And higher your serotonin, the less pain you have. Because serotonin is what blocks the, uh, is what blocks the, uh, serotonin what blocks the substance P. So, we want to make sure that um, we want to make sure that your serotonin level is at its highest level. Got it. I've got someone has emailed me here. Let's see if we can get the, the PowerPoint working before you can catch up here. Maybe it's not coming across correctly. But serotonin really is the key because the higher your serotonin, the higher your serotonin. Let's see if we can get these caught up. The less pain you have. The higher serotonin, the happier you are. The higher serotonin, the more uh, the more likely you are to have to have deep restorative sleep. The higher serotonin, less likely you have irritable bowel syndrome. 
you have more serotonin receptors in, in your in your intestinal tract than you do in your brain. So when you get low in serotonin, you tend to have problems with irritable bowel. You go back and forth between having loose bowel movements and diarrhea, or I'm sorry, constipation and diarrhea. So um, serotonin really is important. Of course, the higher your serotonin, the more mentally sharp you are. If someone could text me, let me know if you're now here with the serotonin slides. Are we Maybe you can text me and let's see if you can see the stress coping savings account slide. Um, we'll keep moving on. Uh, so the importance of serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter, a brain chemical. helps regulate sleep, digestion, pain, mood, mental clarity. Uh, and so it really is crucial to make sure you're getting your serotonin levels up to the proper levels. And unfortunately, when you don't go into deep restorative sleep, you keep depleting the serotonin so you don't handle stress very well. And sleep really is the key. Um, you know that when you are getting this deep restorative sleep, which may be once a month for some of you, you know, you feel better than you felt. The problem with that then is that you overdo it, right? You know, you feel good for a day and then you overdo it. You, you know, you go grocery shopping and you paint the house and you wash the cars and mow the grass, whatever, and then you're in bed for two or three days. Or um, not being facetious, seriously, you, you really you do a few things around the house or you do a little extra work that day at work and you're in the bed. You know, you're crashed, you're worn out. And so getting this deep restorative sleep is the key. And unfortunately, many of you are taking medications that are not helping you with deep restorative sleep. Now, a lot of you are taking the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or selective serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors like Lexapro, Cymbalta, Paxil, etc. These medications are okay. The problem is these medications don't make serotonin. They only help your brain hang on to the serotonin that's in there. And because these medications are like a gasoline additive, they don't work. Um, the reason why they don't work is is because you, as someone with fibromyalgia, don't have any serotonin in your brain. So if you're taking something to help your brain hang on to serotonin and you don't have any serotonin in your brain, it's, it, it's not going to work. And that's what happens. And you know from your past experience that you've taken antidepressants in the past and they may work for six months, nine months, 12 months, and then they quit working. And part of that is, is two things. Uh, one is up to 70% of these medications are no better than a sugar pill according to the studies. So if you're one of those people that it just doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Also, the longer you're on a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor like Lexapro, Paxil, Cymbalta, etc., the less receptors your brain has to reuptake this medication because the brain after a period of time, um, quits making these receptors because of all this, uh, because of the medication. And so after a period of nine months, 12 months, you're taking the medication just doesn't do anywhere, do anything because the receptors are so depleted. And then you go from one drug to the next, right? So move, let me go through some of these slides here. Um, so with these selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, they really don't do a whole lot for many of you. And because of that, um, you find that these medications have not been that helpful. Now I'm racing through the slides, and I'm going to come back to some of these 
and this PowerPoint will be up for you. I'll make it available. But I want to make sure that I get in some of the real important stuff tonight and some of the clinical pearls that I want you to take away with and, and uh, can use even tomorrow when you start to look at things you can do to help you with fibromyalgia. And here's the study about a meta-analysis shows that up to 70% of the SSRI medications are no better than a sugar pill. Um, and, uh, well, anyway, uh, again, I'm going to bash these medications a little bit. You can see some of the potential side effects associated with them. Uh, nausea, rash, it itching. Uh, let's see. Go the other way here. Uh, decrease in your libido, sleeplessness, dizziness, loss of appetite, tremors, dry mouth, weakness. Now, some of that actually cause increased appetite. Uh, one thing to note is these medications actually deplete your natural sleep hormone called melatonin. So selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors actually deplete your, your serotonin, I'm sorry, your melatonin levels, and you'll find that they start to interfere with your sleep after you've been on them for a while. Now, for those of you taking tricyclic antidepressants like Elevil, Pamelor, Trazodone, Doxepin, um, Elevil, those medications actually deplete you not only of melatonin, your natural sleep hormone, but they also deplete you of CoQ10. And CoQ10, you probably heard about that, is a spark plug of every cell. When you get low in CoQ10, every cell in the body suffers, especially the cells in the muscles, and you start to have achy muscle pain. The other thing that really shows up is very common when you get low in CoQ10 is that you start having problems with mental acuity problems. Your mental clarity starts to decline. So you might have problems with your memory, might have fibro fog, might have anxiety and depression, ADD, ADHD. And it only takes 25% reduction in CoQ10 to start having symptoms of a CoQ10 deficiency. And the thing about CoQ10, you're already at risk of being depleted anyway because it's a 17-step process for making CoQ10. Yeah, we should be getting it in the food we eat, but then it's a 17-step process that involves different vitamins and minerals that many people with fibromyalgia are low in. People in general in the population, I mean, 70% of the population is deficient in the recommended daily allowance of magnesium or the, or the RDA, which I call the uh, recommended disease allowance. You know, it's just enough to keep you from getting scurvy. Um, so you've got a large part of the population that's already deficient in these vitamins and minerals, and now you start taking medications that further deplete CoQ10. Now you're really talking about uh, the, the, the storm on the horizon. So anyway, a lot of side effects. I'm not really that put off by those medications because um, I do think they can be helpful. The problem is, again, though, you're operating with a fibro brain, which means that you're trying to take a gasoline additive, uh, like a serotonin, serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and there's nothing to reuptake. You're taking a gasoline additive, you have no gasoline in the gasoline tank. It's just not going to work. What you need to do is to start, we talked about the down regulation. There's a brain, brain function questionnaire. You can see this on the website, and I'll, I'll send you to, if you want to feel, see what amino acids or what brain uh, neurotransmitters you may be low in, I'll send you to that link where you can fill that out. Let's see here. Um, what makes serotonin is 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan, which is an amino acid. Now, um, those with fibromyalgia 
oftentimes have an, a genetic glitch in that they're supposed to be getting tryptophan in their diet, but unfortunately many people with fibromyalgia cannot convert tryptophan into serotonin. They can't convert it into 5-hydroxytryptophan, and so they don't make serotonin. They get deficient in it. And it's a enzyme that they're genetically predisposed to be deficient in. And because of that, um, you know, that's another reason why they take these antidepressants or maybe on antidepressants and they're not working. You bypass that by taking 5-hydroxytryptophan, which is over-the-counter. And... Um, by doing that, you can literally pour serotonin right into your brain. There's no need for a gasoline additive when you can use this 5-HTP. Can you take it with selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors? Yes, you can. Um, can you take it with your sleep medications? Yes, you can. Can you take it with any medication? Yes, you can. The only individuals that I would caution against taking or using 5-HTP would those be those people who are bipolar. And in, when my patients are bipolar, um, I use 5-HTP with them if they're low in serotonin. However, um, I want to make sure that they're my patient. I don't recommend individuals who are under a, uh, a psychiatrist's care for bipolar start using 5-HTP. If you just have depression or anxiety or low moods or you have low serotonin, then by all means, um, as I outline in my book and my protocols, definitely you want to take 5-HTP and boost your serotonin. And by doing that, you'll find that you'll have less pain. Um, your IBS, IBS in my protocols usually go away within two weeks. Once individuals start taking the fibromyalgia CFS jumpstart package with a digestive enzyme, high dose of vitamin and mineral, and the 5-HTP, IBS is a slam dunk. that goes away within two, two weeks. It's just something we don't usually have to talk about after that. Now, sometimes there are some people with stubborn cases that may need some other things and uh, uh, probiotics come, come into play. But again, IBS, you have more serotonin receptors in your intestinal tract than you do in your brain. So when you get low in serotonin, you tend to have loose bowel movements. And you know if you do have IBS, what triggers it is stress. The more stress you get under, the more likely you are to start having these flare-ups so you have a loose bowel movements. Now, many of you taking sleep medications like Ambien, Elevil, Flexeril, Trazodone, Lanesta, the good thing about these medications is that these medications are the only five that actually put you in a deep restorative sleep. Uh, and, and actually, I need to add six, Rosaram, which is a melatonin reuptake inhibitor, which, I mean, why not just take melatonin instead of taking Rosaram? Rosaram has several potential side effects to it, and all it does is help you hang on to melatonin in your brain. Uh, you can take melatonin over the counter. I don't recommend you do that. I recommend then recommend you take the 5-HTP first, boost your serotonin levels, because 5-HTP turns into melatonin. In fact, it boosts your melatonin levels, your natural sleep hormone levels, by 200%. So I recommend you start with a 5-HTP. But if you're, you uh, can't sleep, then you have to use medication because you have to get deeper restorative sleep. Unfortunately, these medications all have potential side effects. Ambien um, it, you know, can give you the flu-like flu-like achy pain, achy muscles, fatigue, brain fog. And what does that sound like? It sounds like fibromyalgia. Trazodone, which is an older tricyclic antidepressant, I like it, but yeah, it can cause problems. It can give you tremors or ticks, um, and it can cause early morning hangover, as can Elvil and Flexeril. Lanesta, if you can get past the terrible taste in your mouth, oftentimes can be helpful. Um, Ambien probably is the one that I see works 
the best, that and trazodone. But again, you don't have an Ambien uh, deficiency. You don't have a trazodone deficiency. You don't have an Elevil deficiency. You have a serotonin deficiency. And by boosting your serotonin levels, then you boost your melatonin levels. And once you start going into deep restorative sleep, you find that most of your pain, not all of your pain, but a lot of your pain would be decreased because you're raising your pain threshold. The higher your serotonin, the less pain bothers you. And that's a big deal. I mean, why is it when you get out of bed and you put your feet on the ground first thing in the morning and you have all these pains in your feet? I mean, why is that? That's not normal. The reason why it is is because your substance P level is so elevated because you have such a low serotonin state that anything, a tight blouse, tight covers in the bed, having your spouse hug you, forget that, shaking hands with somebody, all those things over the years have gotten to beco have become uncomfortable because you can't handle this, uh, this, this pain that normally you should be able to. So again, boosting that serotonin is crucial. Um, if you can't do it with the 5-HTP, then by all means, definitely take the, the sleep medications. But now, um, please you know, go, go into detail with my book. You'll read that you still want to take the 5-HTP and boost your serotonin, even if you're taking those sleep hormones. Um, I'm sorry, even if you're taking those sleep drugs because, again, you don't have an ambient deficiency. You have a serotonin deficiency. So you want to take the 5-HTP with the ambient and build up your serotonin level because it does so many things, as I've already mentioned. Now, what about some of the other medications used for sleep? Well, benzodiazepines are probably my least favorite medications in the entire world because these medications can cause you to be addicted within two weeks. They don't produce deep restorative sleep. Now, they knock you out. Now, you may take them and you're knocked out for six, eight, ten hours, but they don't put you in that deep restorative sleep where you're, where you're making deposits into your stress coping savings account. They actually block your natural sleep hormone melatonin. They deplete it so that oftentimes you become worse over the period of years with these medications. And again, you get addicted, addicted to them in two weeks. And the problem with these medications, they have all kind of different side effects. Depression, fatigue, fiber fog, dependence, tardive dyskinesia, uh, tremble, you know, get these tremors. And 50% of the people aged 16 older are taking benzodiazepine. They'll go on to develop tremors uh, on the medications. And by the way, 50% of women aged 16 older are now taking a benzodiazepine medication. Scares the heck out of me. Um, I have patients that fly in to see me on a, pri on a private jet. Now that tells you they got plenty of money, right? They can go anywhere or do anything they want to. They come to see me, and their only problem they have is that they're taking Xanax and they cannot get off of it. They take it, it makes them feel miserable. It makes them depressed. It makes them tired. It gives them all kind of problems. These medications deplete your CoQ10, so you start getting achy muscle pain, problems with poor memory, all sorts of things. You may get tingling in your hands and feet. When you get low in CoQ10, you get polyneuropathy, which is damage to the nervous system. Uh, for men, it increases your risk of suicide, doubles your risk of suicide. So these medications are nasty medications. Doctors give it out like candy. They don't tell you the repercussions for taking them. Again, I have, I'm thinking of this gentleman who flew in on a private jet not too long ago, and his only problem was is that he couldn't get off Xanax. Now, he's been to um, all sorts of doctors, Mayo, John Hopkins, you name a place, he's been there, and... Um, if he tries to go off the Xanax, he feels terrible. And, and you know, if you've been on these medications, 
and you've tried to come off of them, they, they give you all these withdrawal symptoms and you feel terrible on them. So I'm very down on these medications, um, not a fan of them. So anyway, these medications, you don't have a benzodiazepine deficiency, and that's not, what you, you know, that's not why you can't sleep. You're low in serotonin, need to be taking your stress coping, uh, you need to be building up your stress coping savings account with the 5-HTP. Now, the other thing that happens is, again, um, when you do start going into deep restorative sleep by using the 5-HTP, then what happens is you have a tendency to overdo it because once you start sleeping, getting this, excuse me, deep restorative sleep, and my patients normally when they're following my protocol within two weeks feel better than they felt in years on the protocol, and that's because they're getting this deep restorative sleep. Then they do what we all do. They overdo it, and when they do that, they crash. And part of the reason why they crash is because over the years, those with fibromyalgia have depleted their adrenal glands. Their cortisol is real low, and their DHEA levels are low. And because of that, they don't handle stress very well. And you know that to be true because you know that um, if you are, if you, if you're. Um, Take, take a phone call with disturbing news at 8 o'clock at night, you know it's going to be hard for you to sleep the rest of that night. You know if you overdo it, you're going to pay the price. You know that if you have a big social event coming up, you're not sure you're going to be able to make it because you don't know if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. Have you depleted your stress coping savings account? And have you, uh, are your adrenal glands working to allow you to, be ha to handle uh, stress? Now, some of you gotten so low in in your uh, adrenal <coughs> function that you can't handle any kind of stimulation. So bright lights bother you, noise bothers you, crowds certainly bother you, loud music bothers you, smells bother you, anything that's a stimulation, it, bother you, it bothers you because that's a stress. Um, anything that's a stressor, any kind of stimulus overwhelms you. Now, people often ask me about fibromyalgia, you know, should I exercise? Well, exercise is healthy, but remember that it's a stressor. And until you build up your stress coping savings account, you're not going to be able to handle exercise without crashing and burning. So you don't want to exercise until you start getting that deeper source of sleep at night and build up your stress coping savings account uh, and also repair your adrenal glands. Now, when I owned the medical practice, we used to put patients on uh, Cortef or cortisol, which is one-fourth, one-fifth the strength of prednisone. And patients do very well on that. Uh, you don't get a lot of weight gain. You don't get uh, bone suppression, bone loss. And your immune system actually does well on it, and your mental clarity does, does well. When I saw my medical practice uh, a few years ago, and I didn't have five medical doctors to boss around anymore, I had to do it all naturally. What I did is I did the research back to when they did um, adrenal replacement therapy and they used over-the-counter glandular products and that's what I use in my practice. And what I found, which is uh, a nice thing, is that when we had patients on the prescription Cortef, as soon as they came off of that, uh, pretty soon, within a month or so, they started to, to crash again. Their stress coping abilities started to suffer again. And um, they had to go back on it. Now what I find with adrenal cortex is patients may, yeah, they may need to be on it six months. They're really, really bad, maybe a year. Um, but what, then as they build up their stress coping savings account, take the CFS fibro for six months to a year, then they can find that they can come off this adrenal glandular, over-the-counter glandular uh, adrenal cortex that I use in my protocols for my patients 
and they do fine. So I like that. I think less is best. In the beginning, you have a lot of pills in my protocol, but that's the only way I've found to, to get people well. I mean, here's the thing with fibromyalgia. If you've got 15 tacks in your foot, and, uh, and I take out one tack or two tacks or even five tacks, you're not going to notice any difference. You're just not going to do any good. We've got to pull out a lot of tacks out of your foot before you notice a difference in your symptoms. And that's why in the beginning, I use a thing called the CFS Fibromyalgia Jumpstart Package, which is four different products, and it's a lot of pills. Um, in the past, when I had the medical practice, we did intravenous IV therapy, high doses of vitamin and minerals. We put patients on tricyclic antidepressants like trazodone, put them on Cortef. We put them on vitamins and minerals. We put them on DHEA. We put them on bioidentical hormone placement therapy. I mean, there's a laundry list of things. And what I've found over the years, over the last 14 years, and particularly in the last uh, seven years, is boil it down, lay the foundation with the things that are going to make a difference, and allow someone to feel a difference within two weeks, and then, only then, start to address any other problems like low thyroid or yeast overgrowth or, <coughs> excuse me, or um, um, low estrogen or low progesterone or viruses or mycoplasms or Lyme or whatever that is. But you've got to lay a foundation first. If you don't do that, no one know, no, is going to notice any difference. And the other thing that happens so common, you know, it's very common I see, is patients come to me with a big Santa Claus bag full of supplements and drugs that they've taken over the year and they, and they haven't worked. And some of you, I see some, uh, that some of you are taking 5-HTP, it's not working, or maybe you had not noticed the difference. Well, you have to use that in combination with the right vitamins and minerals are probably not going to work. 5-HTP needs B6, magnesium, vitamin C, calcium, B2, and B3 to, to become active. Um, that's not to say that you have to take those, but by laying this foundation, you increase the odds of you actually see something happening. The dose of 5-HTP, you can read that on the website, but real quickly, you start with 50 milligrams and you increase up to 300 milligrams at bedtime. If you have a funny reaction, funny reaction is some people take it and it actually makes them alert. That's typically someone who has a sluggish liver, which is usually someone with chronic fatigue syndrome um, who has a poor immune function then you're going to, you may take it and it makes you more alert and you just take it during the day of food. You can read about that more on the website. I won't go into detail about that. Um, another site you may want to check out um, tonight is, which goes into detail, is called beatfmstoday.com and it'll have, um, there's a free thyroid report, we're going to talk about thyroid in just a minute, that you can download. Uh, so it's beatfmstoday.com. It's got all about the Jumpstart program. If you're interested, if you're not, you, you know, that's fine. You don't hurt my feelings. This presentation's uh, free, and I'm be, I'll be doing a presentation every Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month, probably for the uh, next several months anyway. Uh, but anyway, beatfmstoday. And then another site you may, if you've not gotten the free sleep report, then I encourage you to get that. It's a 31-page or 41-page. I don't know. It's a lot of stuff in that. Uh, all this is in the, my new book, by the way, but you can get the free sleep report at beatfms.com. So those are the two websites you might want to check out tonight. Um, so one of the things, again, though, we need to get back to this adrenal thing. You want to repair your adrenals, and you can do that with over-the-counter adrenal cortex. And the adrenal cortex starts to allow you to be able to handle stress and stamina so you don't get wiped out so easily. And there's ways that you can ch uh, check for low adrenal function 
And but I, you know, you can do that by testing. You can do that by self-testing. All that's on the website uh, and in the book. But listen, if you've got fibromyalgia, you got low adrenal function. It's just that simple. That's just how it is. Now, um, the other thing is, again, um, this whole vitamin mineral thing. Many of you have taken vitamins and minerals. You've taken the latest, greatest fad supplement, noni juice, uh, acaya juice, whatever that stuff is. Um, MSM, magnesium, you've taken malic acid, you've taken uh, CNR. I mean, you've taken all these things, and you have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and but they haven't helped. And the reason why they haven't helped is because they've got to be put into the right context. They've got to be, uh, you know, they've got to be taken in a way that lays the foundation. High doses of magnesium are definitely needed by those with fibromyalgia because magnesium is a natural muscle relaxer. It's in 300 different bodily processes. It's what helps you make your neurotransmitters like serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine. It supplies energy to the cells. It's also, like I said, a natural muscle relaxer, so it relaxes tight, aching muscles. If you're constipated, you're probably low in magnesium. If you take enough magnesium, then you'll have a normal bowel movement every day. You'll also have less aching muscles. In my CFS fibro pack, I got 680 milligrams in there, and that's a high dose. And the reason why is, is because those with fibromyalgia are low in magnesium, and they need a high dose of magnesium before they're ever going to see a difference. So if you're taking a little bit of magnesium, a little bit of MSM, a little bit of malic acid, and you're not noticing a difference, that's why it's got to be a um, it's got to be a program that's been used and tweaked and tried and uh, refined over the years that lays that foundation so that the body then can start to repair itself and you can see a difference. Many of you are low in B6, um, pyridoxine, and you may be taking a multivitamin that's got pyridoxine in it. That's the usual type of B6 that you get in a multivitamin. However, Many of you are genetically predisposed to be have a glitch in converting that B6 pyridoxine into its active component B6. I know this is nerd talk. Uh, bear with me. But you, you have trouble converting that normal B6 into P5P. Now, why is P5P important? Because you have to have P5, P5P in order to make the neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, etc. And if you don't have those, you're going to be... Uh, at risk of depression, anxiety, uh, mental clarity problems, fibro fog, increased pain, etc. So the fibro pack has that in there. Um, again, I think that many doctors try to put patients on too many things and make it too complicated. They try to treat every symptom, whether they do that with a prescription drug or even natural herbals. I don't use a lot of herbals in my practice because I don't find the need to do that. Again. Uh, I find by using some of the, the things that lay the foundation for people getting well, you don't need to cover up symptoms. You need to correct the causes. Now, um, we won't go into that. You can read more about all this, um, and you can see. Um, now, one of the things is many of you have a problem with your digestion. You have bloating gas indigestion, or you have IBS, or you have reflux. And a part of that is because, again, um, you have genetic tendencies to have problems with malabsorption. You don't break down your food correctly, or you may be taking medications like Prevacid, Nexium, etc., that actually causing further problems on down the road with your digestion, and so you're not getting the amino acids that you need to make the right chemicals for you to feel good. 
And so I recommend anybody with fibromyalgia take a digestive enzyme. Um, irritable bowel, we've already talked about that. We won't go into that because we're running out of time. This is what I want to finish up with right here, and then I'll take some questions. You know, the symptoms of fibromyalgia and CFS are very similar to hypothyroid or low thyroid, and it's estimated that some 43% of individuals with FMS have low thyroid. I find it to be about 35 to 40% of my patients have low thyroid. Uh, most of the time, these are patients who have been to their doctor told, you know, you've got all the... Uh, you've got all the symptoms of low thyroid. We're going to test and see if you have low thyroid. And you, the test comes back and it's all normal. Meanwhile, you know, the doctor tells you, oh, i got good news for you. Your tests are all normal. But meanwhile, your hair's falling out. You're depressed. You're anxious. You have elevated cholesterol. You have no energy. You have dry skin. You're constipated. Um, you have tingling in your hands and feet. You have cold hands and feet. Get headaches, get chronic sinusitis, poor immune function. All those things are associated with low thyroid, and yet your blood tests come back and they're normal. And the reason why those tests come back normal is because they're not very accurate. Uh, what I would encourage you to do is check your body temperature. Dr. Broda Barnes, back in 1942, uh, published a study in the Journal of American Medical Association that showed that low body temperature is your temperature lower than 98.2 is a much better indicator of metabolism, of energy, which is what your thyroid is doing. Thyroid hormone supplies the cell with energy, heat, metabolism. So when you're low in thyroid, every cell in the body starts to slow down and you don't have any energy at all. Okay? So when your thyroid is low, every function suffers. Your digestion, your moods, your... <coughs> Your sleep-wake cycle is affected. Your immune system is affected. Your body temperature is a much better gauge of your metabolism than a blood test. So what you want to do is get a mercury thermometer. You want to shake it down. And first thing in the morning before you get out of bed, put it underneath your arm for 10 minutes. If your temperature is below 98.2, then it's a good sign that you're low thyroid. I don't care what your blood tests show. Now, if you don't have a mercury thermometer, then use a digital thermometer. And with the digital thermometer, what you want to do is put it underneath your tongue after you've been awake for one to two hours. And again, if it's 98 point, if it's below 98.2, you're low thyroid and you need to be on thyroid medication, preferably prescription medication called Armour Thyroid, which is a combination T4, T3. Um, if you can't get a doctor to do that, then you can use my over-the-counter protocols for thyroid the thyroid boost, which does have T3 in it, doesn't have the T4, which is illegal to prescribe. But you can do it naturally. So go to the beatfmstoday.com. You can download the thyroid uh, special report that go into detail about all this stuff. But so many of you are low thyroid, and um, a big reason is because the blood test is not accurate. It's only measuring how much thyroid is in your bloodstream one second out of one minute out of one hour out of the day. And the problem with that is is um, that's not very accurate. We're guessing. The other thing is it doesn't measure how much thyroid is in your cell. We don't know that. We're taking a guess that you have this much in the bloodstream so you have this much in the cell. And that's not true because the more stress you get under, the more likely you are having a problem of getting your thyroid hormones uh, into the cell where it becomes active and does something. Also, you have this thing called reverse T3, which is a hormone 
that blocks the conversion of T4 into the active th uh, thyroid hormone called T3. And guess what causes that? Stress. The more stress you're under, the more likely you are to get a, to block uh, T4 into into the active T3. Now, many of you, <coughs> excuse me, many of you are taking Synthway, which is synthetic T4, and um, you're not converting that T4 into T3. You can live without T4, but you can't live with the active thyroid T3 hormone. And so it's convenient, it's simple, it's easy, it's easy to regulate. So doctors put patient on Synthroid or Lavoxyl, uh, and they put you on the synthetic T4 because it's easy to regulate. The problem is, is those medications oftentimes are not very helpful. They don't do what they're supposed to do because they're not converting into T3. Now, Armour Thyroid is a combination of T4 and T3 like the body has it naturally. And that's what you want your doctors to be, uh, that's what you want your doctors to be recommending. Uh, when I'm working with my patients one-on-one, -on -one, I try to get them to a physician in their ear who will do the um, prescription thyroid uh, medication. Now, a lot of, now, some of them will do it over-the-counter. I do have protocols where you can do it over-the-counter. But I recommend you do, in this case, that you use a prescription medication because you can do it faster, quicker. You can see results a lot faster doing it with prescription medication most of the time. For those patients who can't find a doctor to prescribe Armour Thyroid, um, then we'll do it naturally, and it works. It takes a little longer, but it, does, it definitely does work. And, you know, I'm happy to do that. Again, I'm not anti-drug. As you can see, there's some drugs I think patients do very well on um, with fibromyalgia, but most drugs, unfortunately, actually causing more harm than they are good. Uh, let's see. So one thing I want to just finish up with, let's see if we can go back here. Let's see. Here in the beginning, I'll skip through this because I wanted to make sure I had time to kind of cover some things tonight. Um, one of the things I'm often asked is, um, you know, do I have fibromyalgia? Now, I'm, I'm in, I anticipate that everyone on this call knows you have fibromyalgia, you've been diagnosed. But if you haven't been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, this is my criteria. Um, for diagnosing fibromyalgia, and it's really it's an illness characterized by diffuse muscle pain, poor sleep, and unrelenting fatigue. If you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, and that's been going on for the last three to six months and getting worse, and you have diffuse muscle pain, that means that you have pain throughout your body in different sites, and that's getting worse. You either have fibromyalgia, or or you are going to have fibromyalgia. I mean, it's just how it is. Um, so fibromyalgia, in my opinion, having done this for the last 14 years, is largely associated with this poor sleep issue in depleted serotonin and stress coping savings account. And if you don't correct those things, you're just not going to get well. But if I have a patient that comes to me and says, um, I think I've got fibromyalgia, and I ask them, how's your sleep? And they tell me, oh, I don't have any trouble sleeping. And I ask them, oh, well, what sleeping medication are you taking? And they tell me, oh, I'm not taking any sleep medication. 
that person, I don't care how much pain they have, I don't care how much fatigue they have, I don't care any of those things, uh, and they can have 11 of the 18 trigger points. They don't have fibromyalgia. Everyone with fibromyalgia has a low serotonin state, has problems going into deeper restorative sleep, or they're taking a medication to help them with that, and they have the diffuse muscle pain. Now, for those with chronic fatigue syndrome, you may have all those things too, but the chief thing with chronic fatigue syndrome is the fatigue, and it's the flu from hell that never goes away, the aching muscle pain like you do with the flu. Now, many times, those with chronic fatigue syndrome, don't, it's not that they uh, have trouble falling asleep, they sleep all the time. So they're not low in serotonin, they're oftentimes low in norepinephrine. And so for those individuals, instead of taking 5-HTP, they usually need to be taking CME. And there's a whole protocol for that, both in the book and on the website. Okay, what I want to do here is uh, we'll leave this up here. And I'm going to post this right real quick. These are the uh, two places you want to go. I'm getting uh, some email here. Where do, where do I do? What do I do next? Well, I mean, listen, I, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't do my Jumpstart program. But if you're asking me uh, where do you start, that's where you start the Jumpstart program. I can't help everybody. I wish I could. I don't have a magic wand. Um, my success rate is about 75%, which is pretty daggum good with fibromyalgia. I obsess over the ones I don't help, but I'm really tickled that the ones that you know that I do help. Um, I don't have all the answers for fibromyalgia. Anybody says that is uh, they haven't been doing it long enough. There's different doctors out there who have different protocols. Guaifenesin. There's a doctor in Florida who says that it's uh, algae-related and viruses. I don't find that to be true, and I don't have success treating those things. Uh, there's doctors who do intravenous IV therapy and human growth hormone and uh, fibrin. They do uh, heparin. I did all that years ago. Did I find that helpful? Not really. I mean, to me, what has been the thing that's been the most helpful, again, is the CFS Fibro Protocol, the Jumpstart program, laying that foundation and, and, and start addressing these things. And then from that, if you're not making progress, uh, and usually you are, then you start looking at, is it low thyroid, is it yeast, is it these other things. If you start treating that right away, you just open up Pandora's box. Uh, that's something you don't want to do. So many people are told, oh, it's just all yeast, and they go on a yeast diet, which is incredibly stressful, and a yeast treatment program, which is incredibly stressful. Or they're told that it's all allergies, and they're tested for allergies. Can allergy be a part of it? Yeah, it can be. But I wouldn't treat that first. I do these other things first. I would build up my stress coping savings account so that I could handle these allergies better. If I had allergies, um, I would want my body to be able to cope with them better. You might have leaky gut, and if you address the leaky gut, your allergies go away. But I wouldn't even do that. Um, I wouldn't do that in the beginning. I would lay the foundation, just like you plant a healthy garden. Um, if you go out and you just throw a bunch of dirt, uh, you know, you throw a bunch of dirt out in your backyard, and then you start planting seeds, I mean, what is going to be your success, you know, what are the odds of success of having a healthy garden? You know, have some, you know, some nice cucumbers and some, some, some tomatoes and zucchini and some lettuce come up. I mean, what are the odds of, that you're going to really do well the first year? Not very good. Uh, but if you take the time to really, you know, get the right topsoil and, and put down... Um, Know, the right type of compost and feed that soil with the right nutrients, then anything you plant starts to take off and, and is incredible. 
When I moved into my house that I live in now seven years ago, I had a friend of mine. Now, this guy's got a, you're talking about somebody has a green thumb. This guy's got a green thumb. Now, he's a little bit loony, and I can say that about him because he's one of my best friends. Uh, I grew up with him and his twin brother, and the three of us have been best friends now for the last, you know, 30-something years. Um, but he is a little odd. And one of the things he did when he started helping my backyard is he said, Roger, what we've got to do is we've got to get the soil right. Now, it, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at, okay, great, we'll get some compost, we'll put some topsoil down, we'll go to Home Depot, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll spend a Saturday and we'll do that. Well, it took, look, this guy, over a three-week period, he must have gone, I don't know where he got this dirt from, from, I'm not really sure, but it was the blackest, stinkiest dirt I'd ever seen in my life. It took him three weeks and probably 50 truckloads of this stuff that he put in my backyard. Cost me a fortune. He kept telling me, trust me, trust me. Well, to this day, I can plant anything in my backyard, and it goes crazy because I took the time to lay that foundation, and now I'm reaping the benefit. But if I'd gone out there and thrown out a bunch of uh, tomato seeds, you know, you know I would have got maybe got lucky. Maybe I'd had some, you know, some tomatoes come up. But now, I mean, I plant anything in my backyard, and it goes, it just, it goes wild. And that's the mentality that you need to have. Okay, let's see if I can do this. We're going to open up. Now, I think you're all muted, and this is going to be a little bit of a free-for-all, so uh, try not to kill each other, but uh, I will take your questions. Do me a favor, though. If, uh, when you ask, a, after you ask a question, if you will star fix yourself, that will mute yourself. Um, okay, so I'm ready to take the first question. Uh, how do you treat... Um, Headaches from fibromyalgia. Uh, same way. Uh, um, headaches to me are a sign that something is wrong in the foundation, you know, your biochemistry. And so rather than treating the symptom, I, I make sure we get the stress coping savings count built back up. If you're not going into deep restorative sleep, that's the first place to start. The second place is make sure you got plenty of magnesium. So that's where the CFS fibro comes in. Um, is it, can it be more than that? Yeah, it can be. Um, oftentimes, low serotonin states will cause uh, headaches. Low magnesium certainly contributes to headaches. Uh, poor sleep is another reason. Adrenal fatigue can also cause headaches. All those are are uh, addressed in my uh, in my CFS fibro jumpstart. Now, can it be more than that? It can be. I mean, you could be taking a medication. That could be depleting your CoQ10, could be making you have headaches. You can have food allergies, uh, which is very common to cause a migraine headaches, and that you know may need to be addressed. You could have yeast overgrowth. That may need to be addressed, but I wouldn't do those in the beginning. I would do these other things first, and then, and only then, um, would I look at, okay, if, you're not, if your headaches are going away, what's the next thing we need to do? I'd lay the foundation first, though. And again, you can you know read more about that at BEAT. FMSToday.com. Yeah, I'm sorry. One other thing. Will fibromyalgia cause... Um, my headaches never go away. Ever. I mean, I've had one constantly for 25 years. Is that from fibromyalgia, or could it be? Um, it could be, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, if you have all the other symptoms of fibromyalgia, sleep, yes, okay, then more than likely it is. And what happens is with fibromyalgia is you have all these different symptoms of, of, uh, of fibromyalgia that can be run the gamut. I mean, you can have all sorts of things associated with it, and everybody's a little bit different, but for you, headaches may be definitely because your stress coping safety account is so depleted, you can't, I mean, that's one of the symptoms that you're getting. Um, I feel for you because I'm an old migraine patient, and, I, you know, when you have those kind of headaches, you would go to a shaman in the bush in Africa. You would <laughs> get rid of them. I have actually gone to a shaman, actually. For you, because you think so. When you got those, um, traditional medicine can be helpful, but oftentimes, it's, it's, you know, unfortunately, as you know, it's not, and you got to think outside the box. Now, one thing I would definitely uh, encourage you to explore besides the Jumpstart protocol would be uh, low thyroid. Now, I don't care what your blood tests show because okay. the other thing that is so typical of headache patients, and this is what mine was years ago, was low thyroid. Mm -hmm. uh, and stress and low thyroid go hand in hand, and stress and low thyroid and fibromyalgia are all cousins of each other. Okay. I have a question. Thank you, Dr. Murphy. This is really important. Um, people are going to think that I work for you, and I don't. I just want to let people know I don't work for him. This, I'm on my second round of the um, fibromyalgia jumpstart program, and he is correct in saying that in the second week, your irritable bowel syndrome, all of a sudden you realize you're going to the bathroom like you used to, and instead of looking five months pregnant, you almost look like a normal person. And if you follow the program exactly like he tells you to, and you read his book, I'm telling you, you will feel like a new person. I have dealt with this for so long, um, and now I'm really upset because I have to stop taking them for two weeks for some surgery. But I'm telling anyone out there that's listening, and I swear to you I don't work for him, it's, and it's a hardship for some people financially, but I'm telling you it's well worth it, better than any of the drugs you could ever get. It's always I, worth I, it if you feel you. better. I thank you so much, Dr. Thank Murray. you for sharing that. Yeah, they're going to uh, Everything you Thank done. you for for sharing that. And, you know, I I know, uh, you know, it's a lot of pills, and, you know, $130 is a lot of money. It is. And mm -hmm. I've tried over the years to get the price. I don't know if I've had a price raise in, that, in seven years. But we always try to keep the price down. But I know it's a lot of money, and I know it's a lot of pills. Um, and I know it's not the only way. I'm not arrogant enough to sit here and tell those listening that my way is the only way. It's not. It's the way I know. It's what's worked for me. It's what's worked for you know, now thousands of people I've worked with. But, um, you know. Um, Dr. Murphy, let me ask you, uh, what about diabetes with the fibromyalgia? Would the Jump Start program help that? Uh, it would help that, but there's in, the things in particular you you know want to address with that besides the fibromyalgia. And again, you know I kind of use the analogy that uh, with fibromyalgia you're like an onion, mm -hmm. and you have to peel away these different layers of the onion to get to the core, and that's how it is with our health. You've got all these different layers of dysfunction or disease that you have to correct to get to the core of your well-being. Um, you know, I start everybody, no matter what their condition is, if they have lupus, 
with their fibromyalgia, whether they have diabetes or high blood pressure, whatever it is, I, I start them with the Jumpstart Foundation because, um, you know, I find that oftentimes a lot of even weird symptoms go away. And that's not to say this stuff is a panacea. It's not. But it's also to say that what I've learned, and I've learned it the hard way, that these uh, vitamins and minerals, and that's what they are, essential fatty acids and amino acids, they, they, it's what makes our brain chemicals in our thyroid uh, make our hormones. I learned the hard way that these things are very, very powerful and that people get jaded and think, oh, it's just a bunch of supplements over the counter. It can't be helpful. That's not the case, I'm telling you. The thing that drove me crazy years ago, 14 years ago, is I had patients, I knew they were coming into my office and they would have all these weird symptoms, like they'd eat peanut butter and their tongue would go numb. Or they had burning tongue syndrome. You ever heard of that? Yes. That's a B2 deficiency. And uh, oftentimes B6 deficiency goes away pretty quickly once you correct that. But I have patients that have all these weird symptoms, and I think, oh, my God, what do they have? They've got a brain uh, uh, aneurysm or a tumor. They've got something. And I would lay awake at night um, and, and obsess about how was I going to help patients I knew was coming in the next day. And what I found was if I just stuck to my guns over the year, I laid the foundation, a lot of these symptoms go away. Now, the symptoms that don't go away, that's when we put on our detective cap and we start thinking like Sherlock Holmes. Well, why in the world is taking this and they still have um, poor sleep? Why is that? And then we start looking and trying to figure out why that is. Oh, and, and that's what it's about, peeling away the layers of the onion, one at a time. All right. One, I one more question. question. I have a uh, question. I'd like to ask about 5-HTP, your program about 5-HTP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually go, uh, sleep fine, but I'm always tired. Uh-huh. And so going to sleep is, is not a problem for me. I did the sleep study, and, of course, they, you know, the sleep machine didn't help, none of that. I, um, my concern, I would think I would like to start the Jumpstart program, but I'm have many, uh, very sensitive to all kinds of substances, any kind of substance uh-huh. almost that goes in my body. Uh-huh. And so to start four new products at one time, I'm not sure if that would work. But also since I don't have trouble going to sleep, I don't know if the program with the 5-HTP would be the proper program for me. It, it may not be. Uh, now, one thing, if I can get find the slide, you can see if you may be low in serotonin. And that, oh, I probably am. I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but I'm really not sure. I think they're so close together. I, um, I've been diagnosed 12 years ago with uh, with fibro and at Mayo and and my personal doctor. But um, I'll, everything you say is is uh, me because the low thyroid test. I have almost all the symptoms for many, many, many years, and many off and on have done the test and it never shows. I also have low body temperature, but I'm going to do it the way you say and see, but I know it's below 98 too. Yeah. So, so I'm, I get all the program there, but I don't know if I could tolerate um, this. And is there anything in your Jumpstart program that would bother SVT? No, there's not. And um, even I'm amazed at how, because people, you know, people fire imagine you're pretty sensitive as a general rule, uh, yeah. as a whole, you know. Yeah. So I'm amazed at how well people do. And that's not to say that people don't have problems, because there are people with chemical sensitivities who just cannot take anything. 
Well, I'm and, sensitive to ragweed, and uh -huh. you know, but I don't seem to have food allergies. It's uh, uh, medicines. Uh, the Lyrica I tried. Oh my God, I had horrible, horrible reaction to Lyrica. I, it hurt to put my feet on the ground and walk. I had two bad episodes. I went off of that. I swelled. You know, the whole bit. So I basically have lived with two Advil a day and pain patches, and now I am so bad. I feel bad all the time. I'm very active still because I push myself. I'm a definite A, and I just, you know, I'm ready to do something, but I don't know if I can tolerate four new medicines or four new substances at one time. And, um, you know, is it only effective if you do it all together? And even with all my sensitivities, is it something you think that could work for me? Okay. So uh, a couple questions in there. One, uh, you, the, the products are set up, uh, are designed in a way because um, doing this for the last 14 years and using this protocol, even though it's been changed, uh, tweaked over the last seven years in particular, uh, I know that 99.9% .9 of the people I work with, fibromyalgia, either on a phone call or in the office, are going to be taking prescription medications, the whole gamut, you name it. Well, I don't. So the I, supplements I don't. are designed <laughs> to be able to be taken with any prescription medication. No I don't problem. Take them. Oh, okay, they're also designed to be taken by with any kind of health condition. Because because people with fibromyalgia have all types of health conditions well, along yeah. with their fibromyalgia. High blood pressure, you know, everything. Now, those individuals who know they have funny reactions to medications. Right. Um, they take something to put them to sleep, it wakes them up. They take something to wake them up, puts them to sleep. They've taken antidepressants in the past and they've done terrible on them. They've had really bad reactions to them. I actually did well on one dose uh, in 97 of Flexeril, and I felt good for a while after that. Uh, the Mayo doctor did, but after that I tried it, but not consistently, and it did, just didn't seem to do anything, and that's the only thing that I've tried. Well, what I would recommend is that um, you, you you just try it. I mean, that's the only way to know. Okay. And again, but all together is the I, only way together. to really get it be effective. The one that you have to kind of look out for if you have funny reactions to medications is typically the 5-HTP. Um, and you may take you may find that if you take it at bedtime instead of putting you to sleep, it wakes you up. It'll make you more mentally alert. If it does that then you just take it the next day with food. You start with 50 milligrams and you increase each night by 50 milligrams and, and, until you fall asleep within 30 minutes and sleep through the night. Now, if you take well, it... See, I don't have uh, any problem going to sleep. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that in general. I feel rested. I don't get any restorative sleep, apparently. Yeah. Now, in your case, since you already don't have trouble falling asleep sensibly, what I would do is just start with 50 milligrams of food. Uh, do that one day if you don't have any problem, and you should not. The next day you do 100 milligrams of food, and you're just increasing that. The therapeutic dose is 300 milligrams. But, but yeah, I would do it all together because again, take out one tack or two tacks or three tacks, you don't really see a lot of difference, and that's what I. Now, find. what exactly though are you saying to start taking the 50 milligrams with? Of food. But which 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 product? Oh, go to the uh, beet. FMSToday.com. It's the fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia Jumpstart Package, and you can read all, all about that. But those are the pro, those are the four things I use with every well, not every, but 99% of my fibro patients. That's what I use. There is no shellfish in them, is there? 
No, there's no shellfish in there. What about iron? Um, no iron. Now you can read all the ingredients in there. Next question. Let's see if there's somebody else that was trying uh, to answer. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I have a question. Yes. Um, I don't like like her. I don't have a problem falling asleep, but I feel like I didn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I do sleep for ten hours and wake up like I just close my eyes. Is that okay. a symptom of fibromyalgia? Uh, let's see. Before I forget, the, the nice the nice lady that I was just talking to. By the way, if you've got a question, uh, now there's nobody here tonight. I couldn't bribe anybody to be here tonight. <laughs> but you couldn't pay them enough. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you can call my staff. They're they're the most wonderful people in the world. And they can direct me on this? They can answer any question you want to, and they'll be happy to help you. They'll steer you. Uh, you know, whatever question you got, call tomorrow, call the toll-free number, or call the, the uh, 205-879-2383 number. They'll be happy to answer your questions. Now, going back to this, this lady. I'm sorry, asked, could you repeat the phone it. number? Yeah, it's uh, a <clears throat> it's 205-879-2383. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Now, this um, the question about uh, you 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 fall asleep, but you, and you sleep a lot, but you don't feel like you've yes. rested the next day. No, How's your immune system? Do you get trouble with a lot of colds, flus, sinus problems? Yes. Do you get uh, do you do you run temperatures, or do you get a lot of sore throats? Uh, sore throats, and the last two times I've gone to the doctor. My temperature has been like 99 to 100. Okay, and and um, you get a lot of flu-like achy pain. Yes. You probably have chronic fatigue syndrome. And another thing I get, I do get a lot of. Uh, I feel like my whole body's shaking. Um, oh, you feel like what now? Like like I shake a lot, like I like I have tremors. Uh, do you take medication? Um, I was prescribed uh, doxepin, and I took it for three months. And recently, um, yesterday, they gave me puzzles I haven't taken it. So technically, right now, no. nothing. Okay. Well, so if you if you're getting the the shakes, I'm not really sure what that is. I mean, it can be low adrenal function. It can be just uh, oh, if that thing where you've got you know the thing. But see, the thing that separates chronic syndrome and fibromyalgia is poor poor immune function. If You've got a poor immune function. You always got a cold or a flu or sinus infection. You're always sick. You've got you get these uh, chronic sore throats. Um, that's a sign that you've got chronic fatigue syndrome and a poor immune function. And um, it's different than true fibromyalgia. Now you can have all those with fibromyalgia, but um, the thing that separates the two is that with true CFS, true chronic fatigue syndrome, you don't have any trouble with your sleep, and that's what it sounds like with you. And that's a whole other protocol. If you'll, you know, you can go on the website, you can call the clinic. Those with chronic fatigue syndrome are much harder to help. Sorry, that's just the way it is. They're much harder to help than those with fibromyalgia. And there's a whole protocol in my book about that, but it's definitely more difficult. To me, fibromyalgia, I shouldn't, because it's going to sound arrogant, it's not a slam dunk, but it's there's some things that if they happen right, and what sets that up is this jumpstart protocol, everything falls into place. And, it does, you know, fibromyalgia doesn't just go away, it's always there. So if you get into bad habits again, you don't take care of yourself, and you get under a lot of stress, it's going to show up again. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, to answer your question, I think you've got chronic syndrome, and that would be a whole other conversation. And what I would do is I would encourage you to go on the website, the treating, 
treating and beating on website. And I'll post that real quick. It's um, and there's uh, uh, articles on there about just about chronic fatigue syndrome, and also in my fourth edition book, you can you know you can get that. It's a whole how-to protocol for getting that. Okay, start next start question. Does jump start can help with chronic fatigue syndrome? Um, it can, it can, uh, but you're probably going to find that you'll need some other things, um, and you may not need that 5-HTP to boost your serotonin. Now, you can check that if you go to the website and you click on health concerns, mm -hmm. you'll see a, a link for brain function questionnaire. I'm, I apologize, I was trying to find it in my slides. For some reason, I don't have the one in here that I need to show you. But if you'll, if you'll go to the health concerns link, click it, and then you'll see brain function questionnaire. Mm -hmm. If you'll fill that out, you'll see if you're low in serotonin or not. If you're low in serotonin, you want to take the 5-HTP. You're going to be low in norepinephrine, which is what gives you energy, drives this ambition, and you're going to need to take SAMe. Uh, most people with, you know, here it is, I've got the slide up about it. Um, and so SAMe gives you drive, ambition, and zip. I wouldn't do that for the rest of you or for those who just have fibro. I would do the, the, the other first because you may not need to take the SAMe. Okay. okay, next question. Dr. Murphy, I started your Jumpstart program 10 days ago, and I would just like to say thank you. I'm sleeping through the night. Should I continue with the 300 milligrams of the 5-HTP uh, indefinitely or um, long? First of all, congratulations. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Fibromyalgia is a bear. And, and of course, I'm you know preaching to the choir. Um, mm -hmm. When you get out of the gutter, you never want to get back in the gutter again with that stuff. Um, right. What you want to do is just Keep filling up your stress coping savings account. Take care of yourself. Uh, once you start getting stronger and doing better, and that's not now, but you know, a couple of months from now, start exercise program. Uh, you know, real slowly, and really build up stress coping abilities. And then, and only then, would you want to explore doing away or cutting back from, say, taking two packs a day, maybe take one pack a day, uh, or and then cutting your 5-HTP. But typically, I tell people. Six, you know, stay on it six months, really build yourself up, and then then play around with it. If you don't need it, you know, don't take it. Save your money. Uh, but but you'll and you'll know within. But you can't ever take too much of it. No, no. It, you know, well, oh, okay. It's, it's not funny. It's kind of sad. But um, we'll have people uh, now. So I don't feel like a sexist. Ninety-eight percent of those people with fibromyalgia are women, and that's the majority of females. Uh, but what will happen a lot of times is. The, the the man will complain to the wife about um, that she's taking all these pills and it's costing $125 a month or whatever it is, and then um, you know that'll go on for a while. She's doing better and she stops taking them. Then a month or two goes by and he's the one calling the office <laughs> and getting on the drop ship program, making sure she never runs out again because he sees the value of what how good she can feel. And he really learned, and she really felt bad. I mean, hopefully a lot of you have spouses that are understanding, but unfortunately, as you know, there's a lot of spouses that just don't understand this uh, and may not be as helpful as they could be. 
What size are the capsules y'all are talking about? What size are they? Yes. Um, they're pretty small. Now some of the tablets are kind of large. Um, and you, you know, if you can't, if you have trouble swallowing, there's ways you can get around that. And if, you know, the the staff can help you with that. There's some little tricks um, that they can substitute and do some different things if they need to. Okay, Mr. Murphy, can you take a CME with antidepressants? Yeah, you can. That's if you see this slide right here. Uh, combining CME with prescription antidepressants reduces the failure rate by 43%. CME is very safe to take with antidepressants unless you have bipolar, and if you have bipolar, you can still take it once you're working with a physician who knew what they were doing. I mean, I've, I've, I take care of a lot of um, mood disorder patients because I wrote a book a few years ago, Treating and Anxiety and Depression with Orthomolecular Medicine, so uh, I have a fair amount of those patients as well. And they do really well on 5-HTP and CME, but you got to know what you're doing. But if you're if you don't have bipolar, but then yeah, absolutely. You know, CME you want to take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, um, and you need to take it 30 minutes before you eat breakfast, or an hour and a half after you've eaten anything. And within 30, 45 minutes, you should notice a difference in your energy. You should have more drive, zip, mental clarity, physical energy. It's a potent pain blocker. It's great for fibromyalgia because it blocks pain, and it's really good for the liver as well. I don't recommend you start with it because um, it can rev you up too much, and in the beginning, you don't want to do that until you get your serotonin levels up. But after you get your serotonin levels up, uh, within a couple of weeks, then then absolutely you could add the CME. It's important that you take CME that's in a bubble pack or that it's enteric coated. If it's not, um, then it's, it's worthless. It's not going to do any good, and you're going to be frustrated. If it comes from Walmart or Sam's and it's not enteric coated or in a bubble pack, it's probably not going to be any good. It can be expensive. I mean, even mine's kind of expensive. Um, you, you, um, but you, but you do yourself you do yourself a favor by making sure uh, that you use somebody like Jaro that you can find in health food stores. They have one that's in a bubble pack or enteric coated. Um, but Sammy's very good. Can you tell me how how to come off Cymbalta? Um, well, I, first of all, I tell anybody that's taking prescription medications to stay on them until you take the CFS Fibro Jumpstart package and you stay on that for a month or two and start feeling good. I mean, feel good. See what that's like. Then, and only then, would you start weaning off medications. And there's some that you got to be real careful with. Um, you got you know, to really wean off certain medications. The benzodiazepines like Xanax and Ativan and those, those you really need some professional help to do that. Um, Lyrica you can wean off in you know, three weeks. Um, Cymbalta, Lyrica, I'm sorry, Cymbalta, Lexapro, Celexa, Prozac, those medications, you want to come off of those over about a month period. Many doctors will tell you, oh, yeah, you can just stop taking it. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that. They don't no, know, I okay, that don't know what they're talking about. Because what happens is you come off those medications, you get all these withdrawal symptoms, oh, you feel like kidding. you still need to be on the medicine. You probably don't need the medicine if you've been on it longer than a year because it's probably not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what you do is slowly over a period of a month to six weeks to even two months come off of that, and then you won't ever miss it as long as you're doing the you know things I'm recommending. But now, um, one thing that you may find, though, if you start doing the Jump Start Pack, uh, if you're not, and you may find that now the Cymbalta actually starts working because the Cymbalta is a gasoline additive. Now, if you start taking 5-HTP, which makes the gasoline serotonin, you may find now, hey, now that gasoline additive is really doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with CME. 
if you start taking CME, um, same thing, you'll find that, hey, now the Cymbalta really is doing something. So I'm, I, I certainly want people to do it as naturally as they can, but Cymbalta and the antidepressants are probably my least ones I'm offended by. And in pain medications, by the way. I mean, pain medication, to me, the problem with pain medication is it quits working. And um, that's the bad thing about pain medication is it, you know, just you, it quits working. And then you know, they increase it. And now I'm on, like, hydromorphone yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. and um, oxycodone. Cotton, yeah, cotton. yeah. Um, and that makes it tough. Yeah, that makes it tough. Any other questions? Dr. Murphy, can yes. you hear me? Dr. I'm sorry? Dr. Murphy, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Oh, I'm one of the 2% of the men out here. Uh, Thank you for calling. Wow. <laughs> I've suffered for fibro for over 30 years. Wow, that's his heart. Uh, I, uh, I wonder, have you had, I know you're a chiropractor. Have you had anyone, any of the other doctors talk about the C1 uh, having any uh, effect on fibromyalgia? Um, well, first of all, um, I take care of a fair amount of men. <clears throat> My practice is all throughout the United States, so somehow they find me. And um, men have it really ch uh, have it a really difficult time because you know in our society you're supposed to be tough and strong and work 60 hours a week and you know all the things that go along with with being a man in the United States. And uh, fibro really takes it out of you. So uh, with my fibro patients who are men, it can be really a challenge um, to really kind of stand up to the scrutiny that they're, that, you know, the microscope of scrutiny that they're put under. So, um, you know, having said that, okay, well, there are, there, there is research out there that shows that, it, uh, that, the atlas and axis, which are two bones in the neck which rest underneath the brain stem, when those get misaligned, to use that word, um, they can cause problems with your neurological system, your spinal cord, and that can bring on some symptoms of fibromyalgia. 17% um, of those who are in a motor vehicle accident who have whiplash go on to develop fibromyalgia, and it's part of that same thing. There's been studies done in Czechoslovakia by doctors, medical doctors, who do manual manipulation or what chiropractors call adjustment, and they find that many people with fibromyalgia, um, the whole thing originates up there near the brain stem from some type of trauma they had, and if they work on that manually, they can get a lot of the fibromyalgia symptoms to go away. The reason I ask that is I, I recently made a trip out to California. And uh -huh saw a chiropractor out there and I spent over two and a half months out there with him he was able to take away like all the pain in the bottom of my feet uh, and at periods of time almost all of my pain but the, like for, uh, the pain out of the bottom of my feet he was able to get rid of it for a little over a two-week period and I was back up to walking two miles a day but it was just intermittent relief. By the time I left, all the pain had come back, and, and uh, he just was not able to take it all away. But his only treatment was just adjusting the C1 basically on a daily, uh, three times a day uh, on some days and then twice a day on other days. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that doctor, and, um, you know, I don't have all the answers, and 
certainly I'm open to that. I've not found it. That's not something I specialize in. It's not something I do. It's not something I promote. Um, but I don't discount it. I know there's been people who have gone out there and who've done well. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's you know it's a slam dunk. I don't think that it is is as successful as it is promoted, like a lot of things. Right. And um, I think I'm a little I'm a little put off by that, but um, I don't discount it either. People have done well. You know that's awesome because I think any way you can beat this thing, you you want to do it. But me personally, um, and I speak to chiropractors and MDs around the country. And um, when I'm speaking to my chiropractic peers, I'm telling them exactly what I'm telling you tonight about the about the nutritional component of it. That to me makes the biochemistry is what makes sense, getting you healthy on the inside and letting the body's uh, own homeostatic mechanisms, the hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenals, which you didn't go into, actually which run the body, then to have a chance to correct all this all the stress that's happened inside your body. And I don't think you can do that with a chiropractic adjustment or a massage or myofascial release or pool therapy, <laughs> physical therapy, or, um, you know, I just don't think you can do it even glyphenicin. Personally, I did that years ago. Um, I know people have done well on that. So every, there's different ways, but um, anyway, that's not something I, I really promote. Well, I did go ahead and uh, I went ahead and ordered your Jumpstart program yesterday. So I've never gone this route before. So I'm definitely going to give it a, give it a chance, Doctor. Well, please let us know how you're doing. We're only a phone call away, and we we love to you know to help you where we can on the phone. I did want to let you know that mine started, and in talking with one of your reps, it sounds like this is fairly common. Uh, mine started, like I said, thirty. Well, 1978, after a divorce when I was 22 years old, and I went to bed one night feeling completely no normal and woke up the next morning not with pain but with uh, felt like I was mentally ill. I had severe panic attacks for eight years and couldn't be around people and uh, just, uh, you know, I felt I was I had fear like I'd never had in my life. And then eight years later, I made a golf swing, and then from then on, I've had all the fibromyalgia pain. But for the first eight years, it was all just—it felt like a mental illness. Yeah, yeah. There's—I mean, it's—it's it's, all the different ways that this thing comes on. It's unbelievable. And that—that you've seen that with other people, obviously. Yes. yes. Okay. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's see. Maybe let me take a couple more questions, and we'll wrap it up. No, it's getting late. And um, I know you got to get in bed. Dr. Murphy? Yes. Uh, my whole family uh, is diagnosed with hypothyroidism. My daughter has 16. She was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. But they keep checking her thyroid, and it's normal. Do you recommend having her start on a low dose since all of my nieces and nephews and mother and sisters were all on uh, thyroid medicine? Yeah, I bet you anything she's got low thyroid. Um, again, go get get my the thyroid report where I go into detail about it, and it's at the um, www.beatfms today. And you can download. There's you just hit the link, and it'll send you all about the um, about thyroid. And I would um, I would definitely get her retested, and I would get her a consult with a doctor 
that would think outside the box mm -hmm. and get her on thyroid. I do some special move. testing, uh, and I also look at you, Well, you can read the report. You'll see because there's some special tests you can get that will show you that most doctors don't do. Um, and then there's also some things you can do to see if she's low. And the first thing I do is I check her temperatures according to how it tells you to do in that report. And if it's low, um, you know she's got low thyroid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like well, it's, it's going to show up. It's just when because everybody in my yeah, family it, has it. Yeah, like thyroid tell. antibodies test. Most doctors don't do that. Oh, okay. And uh, you can get that test, the blood test, and you can get a doctor to order that. I mean, I order that every, you know, all the time. And it'll come back, sure enough, that they've got these antibodies. And it may take 10 years before that shows up on a regular blood test. Meanwhile, this person's going to have 10 years of feeling fatigue and run down and depressed and have their hair fall out and all, you know, low immune function. And all they needed thyroid. No one checked it, you know, the right way. Oh, well, thank you. That's could you give me that link again? Yes, I'm going to post it. Uh, you can see it's coming up on the screen here. But it's uh, www.beatfmstoday. What was the first letter? I'm sorry? The first letter was what? That was beat, beat, B-E-A-T, beat, as B as in ball, B-E-A-T, fmstoday.com. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Sir, can you tell me that with fibromyalgia, is inflammation a big part of that? Well, it's 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 interesting because um, there's been numerous studies to show that inflammation is really not associated with fibromyalgia. It's not a true rheumatic condition. Um, that it's not like an arthritis, and yet we've got people taking medications which are, which are dampening down the inflammation in the nervous system called Lyrica and Neurontin. So there's got to be something to it. Um, part of what's happening is is that the nervous system and the nervous system uh, or the regulatory system uh, regulating the nervous system has become so hypersensitive to any kind of stimulation that even small amounts of inflammation that normally would not cause a problem um, cause someone fibromyalgia to have pain. And yet when we do a test on them, and we look for like a C-reactive protein level or an ANA or some of these other things that are set rate that would show is there, is there inflammation, those show up negative. See, mine shows up very, very high. Mm -hmm. I okay. mean, even off the charts. And they actually started me off um, with telling me I had rheumatoid arthritis on the very toxic medications, um, the um, cancer medications. And then... That didn't really help. So, but my inflammation markers still come back with the inflammation high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, don't really know why, other than the fact that I do have two discs that are herniated, and I'm going to have to have surgery on those. Would that cause your yeah. inflammation markers to come back high? Absolutely. Yeah. Could absolutely. Okay, that's good to know. Let me take one more question, and I want to remind anybody again, if you. You know, I'm going to put the phone number up here, but if you've got questions, call the clinic. You know, Gina, Crystal, they'll be happy to answer them. Um, and uh, please tell your, you know, your people in your support group, other people, that I'll be doing this every, the first Tuesday of every month. I'll be having these. We're, uh, we'll be talking about fibromyalgia. People can call in and 
Um, so please tell others. Here's the phone number. You can give them a call tomorrow. You got other questions? Let me take one more question. Uh, Dr. Murphy? Yes. Uh, um, I heard Eddie's question about information. My uh, um, SER rates also were in 29, and they were saying that there's a little bit of information. So you're saying that's not related to fibromyalgia? Well, it's kind of a, a convoluted answer to your question because we, when we typically we don't see that. We don't see inflammation as being the driving factor of fibromyalgia. What we see is a condition called anhedonia, which is the body's um, pain regulating system is not, it, it's, it's hyped up. So any kind of stimulation causes intense pain that normally it shouldn't, you know, wouldn't be a big deal. Um, you know, if I shake, if I shake someone who doesn't have fibromyalgia's hand, no problem. If I shake someone with fibromyalgia who's really got it bad, I mean, you know, they come off the table. Mm -hmm. um, so normally, no, inflammation is probably not the driving thing of fibromyalgia. But having said that, we do see um, that patients have inflammation oftentimes. Um, that doesn't either doesn't show up in their blood work, and we know they have inflammation because they take medications that lower inflammation and they get results, whether that's Lyrica or Neurontin or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. But okay, but here's a big but. But you can have fibromyalgia and also have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or Sjogren's or Reiter's or any of those inflammatory diseases. You certainly can have that in association with the fibromyalgia. You can have chronic fatigue syndrome and you could get, uh, you, you're having inflammation in the body that shows up in your blood work. It would show, your sed rate may go up, um, your C-reactive protein could go up, all those things could, could be um, demonstrated in blood work. Thanks. And how, do, how would I go by make an appointment with you? Um, talk a little bit just, more. Call, just call the clinic. If you go to the BEAT FMS Today.com, there's a special price. Um, if you want to save $100, you can do that tonight. But it's on there. Um, but, uh, but go to that site and read about that. Or just call the clinic. They'll be happy to, to, to answer any questions you got. Um, and uh, I, I enjoyed tonight. I hope I was helpful. And, I'll, again, I'll be doing this presentation again the first Tuesday of every month. I look forward to talking to some of you soon, getting your emails and maybe some of your phone calls. and maybe even doing a consult with you. So um, I wish you all the best and look forward to uh, the next phone call with you. Take care. God bless. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.